Okay, so we are smack dab in the middle of summer and summer feels busy. Maybe it's just me. I try to make it slow and intentional and yet somehow we still have so much fun and it's just a little bit of busy. But even in the middle of this season, some of us might be experiencing burnout. And today's episode is gonna be so great for Christian women because I feel like oftentimes we struggle silently with burnout and anger And so I've invited my friend Elizabeth to help us with some mindset and practical tools to lower our stress and to create an abundant life. Elizabeth is a stress coach for Christian moms. She is a wife, a mom of four young kids, and the host of Emotionally Healthy Legacy podcast. She helps overwhelmed Christian moms reduce mental stress so they can respond with patience and calm. She teaches proactive ways to lower stress calm your nervous system, and manage anger in a healthy way. You ready, friends? Let's dig in. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with Him again? Hey, I'm Sam, and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit Him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading, but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your copy, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. for connecting with us on another episode of the Abundant Woman Collective. Today we have my friend Elizabeth Andre Yaveski. We are going to be talking, I feel like specifically to moms, but I also feel like these tips are going to be available for any woman. But before we dig directly in, Elizabeth, I want to hear a little bit more about your story. Yeah. So hi, friends. I'm Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. I have four kids, three boys and a toddler girl. So our house is full of energy and lots of noise. My kids range from two, six, eight, and 11. So, um, and it's very loud with the boys that I have. We live in Florida and I am a podcaster. I have a podcast called Emotionally Healthy Legacy, and we talk about, talk about stress management, burnout, self-care, and anger management for Christian moms. And I got on this journey because I was struggling with my third son. So when I had three kids, um, when he was about two years old, I noticed that I was feeling really reactive. I felt like most of the days I would wake up already feeling frustrated, agitated, and reactive to my days. Uh, I would, he was a little curious, George on steroids. He would get into everything. And I just felt like I would just constantly feel frustrated and agitated with him. I would, you know, raise my voice at him. I would try to spank him. I would threaten him. And Um, It just did not feel good as a parent. Like I would go to bed at night and feel so guilty for screaming at my kids and just feeling like 
a terrible mom. That's not who I wanted to be. I knew that I was meant for more than this. I don't remember my mom being like that when I was a kid. And my parents had six kids. And I just couldn't figure out what is going on. Why am I so overreactive with my family? Why am I feeling so easily agitated and angry at them? And um, I felt like my son was the problem. If he would just listen to me and do what I said when I said it, like I wouldn't have an issue with it. You know, I thought I was a pretty patient person and then I had kids and I quickly realized I wasn't as patient as I thought I was. You know, kids really, I think God gives them to us to really work on us, you know, and do that internal growth and spiritual growth. But a friend of mine recommended for me to go to counseling and I did. It was not faith-based, but it taught me a lot about emotions and behavior and emotional regulation and managing your big feelings and how to support your children through their big feelings and create connection with them so they're more likely to cooperate and listen to you. And that was all great, except when I would go home and try to implement it in the heat of the moment, I would get all triggered, I would get all frustrated and angry, and I would go back to my old ways of reacting and raising my voice and threatening and feeling super angry with my kids. And I just could not figure out why was it so hard? Like in theory, it sounded so great to, you know, uh, be empathetic with my child, keeping him safe when he's physically aggressive and to remain calm and just be that calm presence. But then in practice, it felt so hard. And I ended up around the same time I came across an influencer who was selling a mom course and it was about creating rhythms and routines in your days. And she would say terms like, you know, not react to your days for you to, you know, respond to your days and create more peace and calm in your home. And that really like resonated with me. At that time, she, you know, she was talking that she's a believer and a Christian and that really like, you know, resonated with me. And I did buy that course and it really shifted the way I started doing things. You know, I started realizing that I need to get up in the mornings before my kids, my kids all slept through the night. I had no reason not to. And I started to get up in the mornings before my family and connect with God and create stillness and quiet in my day and create some healthy habits that would serve me. Like, you know, reading the Bible and journaling and doing calming, deep breathing proactively, not waiting until I'm triggered to do it, but actually proactively just sitting in silence and quiet and taking some deep breaths. And I notice a significant change in how I was showing up as a mom. It was like night and day. My tolerance levels for things not going my way, when things got a little bit chaotic, when my kids were not listening right away, like my window of tolerance improved dramatically. I just was able to handle so much more throughout the day without feeling agitated. I also learned that I needed time in the afternoons to decompress because I'm an introvert. I'm highly sensitive and being with kids all day long with three active boys, you quickly realize like it takes a lot out of you, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that 
regularly and then COVID hit and we're all home all the time. But what really kept me sane is having those weekly appointments with my counselor at that time to guide me, direct me, you know, shift my mindset around certain things about parenting. And then, you know, having my quiet time in the morning and having a time in the afternoon where the house is quiet because the kids are separated in different parts of the house and they're having their alone time. Well, I get to have my alone time in just silence and quiet. And it really shifted the way I was showing up as a mom. And so that's how I got on this journey. I know it's a long (laughs) story. I love that. There's so many, I mean, you just shared so many nuggets and gold and that too, but I love that. Thank you for being honest and vulnerable to like, this is, this is the mom I was. And I knew I didn't want to be the angry screaming mom, but you took action to then change. Like it wasn't when you, when you were like, I thought it was my son. I was like, Oh man, I'm pretty sure I felt that for each of my kids at some point. (laughs) Which mm-hmm. I would be the common denominator, right? But, um, and then you took action to change the way you wanted to mother. I feel like so many times, I don't know, we feel stuck, we feel burnt out, which we'll talk about, but that, like, this is just the way it has to be almost. Like, when we're in that place of, dang, this does kind of stink, and this isn't the way I envisioned my motherhood or even my days, and especially in summer, <laughs> like, but, we don't necessarily think that we can get out of it. And so I love that you took actions to get out of it. And now you are looking back to where you used to be and helping women also get out of it and create a motherhood that we actually were meant to have and that we were actually like create. We want, right? Nobody wants angry, yelling days every single day. For sure. For sure. Yes. I would assume (laughs) it's a safe bet, but in the beginning with all of those emotions and your day to day, you were burnt out or why do you think that you were that, like you were the angry mom? You know, I think that for me, the biggest thing was I was not taking care of myself. You know, I thought that self-care was just, you know, a bubble bath and getting a manicure and a pedicure. And I would just, you know, be constantly giving, giving, giving to my kids and not replenishing and filling my own cup at all. And it literally starts with like basic needs, basic, basic needs. And one of them is, um, is prioritizing your basic needs and which is sleeping making sure you get enough rest and having like a rhythm or a routine, like trying to go to sleep around the same time and wake up around the same time. And if you are getting up early, that means you got to go to sleep a little bit earlier. And we'll talk about the next one is having some boundaries and saying no, right? You got to create that space for yourself. Um, But sleeping was a big one. Just for me, I think the biggest thing that kept me not going to sleep was just actually being on my phone. Oh yeah. I think many women relate with it. So I would get so tired and exhausted with my kids that by the time I would put them to sleep and just like kind of clean up the house, I would just wanted to escape my reality and I would just pick up my phone and, you know, and then I would just spend hours scrolling through Instagram and social media and like, 
that was the reality. And then it would be like 11 p.m. at night. Oh, it's time to go to bed, you know, when I could have went to bed at 930 or 10 if I wanted to. I had the space to do that. I just didn't because I would like just waste my time on my phone. I had the notifications that would go off all the time and it would just make me want to pick up my phone and, you know, scroll through it. And so um, that was one of the things that like kept me from getting the sleep that I needed. Um, and then the other thing was like one of the basic needs was eating, eating and hydrating myself. Oftentimes we think like as moms, we take care of everyone else besides ourselves, right? We're like, we drink coffee and then have some gummy bears in the afternoon and wonder where, why we're so overreactive. But a part of like rehealing, healing your burnout is actually taking care of yourself with like the basics, right? And making sure you nourish your body and feed your body. And so even like telling my kids like, hey, mama needs to eat right now. I, I see that you need help and I will help you in five minutes. I need to eat my meal, not because I'm better than you, but because I matter too. Like I'm important enough to feed myself and so then I can be a better mom for you and not react. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, that was the first thing when you were like, oh, self-care. Sometimes like, right, the bubble bath mentality or the massage and really it's just, I would like to shower by myself without interruptions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I would like to make a dinner that is not eating or maybe a lunch more so because I'll make dinner, but like a lunch that doesn't involve eating what my kids didn't eat, right? Like because mm-hmm. I'm busy or moving on to the next thing. I definitely fall into the trap of putting everyone else's needs before my own, include like the basic needs, right? And so, and I am definitely guilty of maybe not as much scrolling. Well, yes, that, but also it'll be like my husband and I actually have a sort of a bad habit. Maybe by the time this airs, we have changed it. But <laughs> we'll just like it's like you're finally alone or you're fi- it's finally quiet in the house. And so we'll watch like a show. Like we have a few shows that we watch and we'll watch an episode and then we'll go to bed. But that's not really decompressing or like setting us up for success the next day. But it feels like I can just watch the show and watch someone else's reality than like sit in silence or, you know, yeah. Yeah. And that, at that time in my life, I was into Grey's Anatomy and I watched so many of their, you know, right. There's so many seasons and I would like binge watch and what also contribute to my triggers as a mom is during the day, I would want to watch on my phone because mm. I wanted to keep going because, you know, they make it like that, right? So you watch the next episode and then my kids wanted me as a mom. They needed me and I would get agitated at them. So it wasn't even their fault. It was me and where I was putting my attention, I wasn't fully present because I was just trying to multitask and, you know, do too many things at once. And so that is like another thing that I really had to recognize, like, this is not serving me. This is not helpful for me. This is not helping me as a mom to be the mom I want to be for my kids. It's actually contributing to me overreacting and feeling angry with my kids, which is not their fault at all. Where do you think this comes from? What is the root cause of this? Of scrolling on our phones or like watching reality? Like the, all of it, like the, these one, these bad habits that sort of, we just numb ourselves with, but then also like the burnout, like they're all 
leading to being burnt out and hot mess moths. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so one of them is like our phones are designed to give us the dopamine rush, right? Those shows are designed for us to stay hooked and keep watching. So that is like one thing. The other thing is we don't have healthy coping skills. So we go to our phones to cope with our emotions. So if I'm frustrated with my kids, I tend to pick up my phone to scroll through Instagram to escape reality because my kids are annoying me so much because it's such a habit, right? Like you do it without thinking, you create that habit of doing that. And so, because most of us were never taught healthy, you know, emotional regulation or coping skills. Like you had such a great episode with Karis Snyder and you guys talked about things that help like with anxiety and overwhelm and Um, one of them was like writing down your thoughts, right? And Mm -hmm. processing those uncomfortable emotions of overwhelm or anxiety. And if you do that actually proactively, which I started doing in my morning routine, it helped me like release those emotions on a regular basis and put it on paper. So then I wouldn't have to try to escape throughout the day as much with my kids because I was constantly regularly processing my feelings and emotions. So that is like a healthy habit that I created, you know, and I think mindset is big also like with burnout We were taught, especially in the Christian communities, oftentimes that we constantly need to give, give, give. A good Christian always gives, never says no, right? Always helps. And I remember, I remember this, I went to this women's event and it was a gathering of women and they were talking about who do you look up to? And so women would stand up and just mention a person that they look up to and why they look up to him. And as I was on this journey, I remember one woman got up and she's like, I look up to this person because she never says no. She's always available. Whenever you need her, she always shows up. She's always there. You know, like if you need her to do something, she's, and then I was thinking, I'm like, there's no boundaries there. Like what is actually going on internally with that woman, right? She's probably burned out, exhausted overwhelmed. She probably feels uncomfortable saying no mm-hmm. because she feels guilty because as a Christian, you're supposed to say, supposed to air quotes, say yes to everyone and meet all their needs. What about her needs? And she's probably burned out, exhausted, overwhelmed. How is she showing up for her family? Maybe she doesn't have an anger issue. Maybe she just needs some sleep and to eat some food and have some alone time and she'll be a much better mom for her kiddos. But she keeps saying yes to all these things because it's the mindset that I have to say yes to all these things to be a good Christian. Yeah. It's that like sacrificial love, Yeah. It's the sacrifice of myself to do things for other people. But that I feel like is also, there's a very thin line there between, are you doing it? Because I mean, there's a difference, right? The woman that literally is so reliable and is there for everyone, but has boundaries and takes care of her family, feels her like feeds herself, gets her needs taken care of, abides in the Lord, right? Like that is a different scenario than even sacrificing your time with your family to say yes to everyone and to, you know, do all the things for all the people. And you're right. Be uncomfortable saying no. And there's like this 
I would say even like a striving because I've definitely been in areas where I've strived. I've done the things, all the things, because it felt like it was important and made me important if I was volunteering and doing all the things, right? And that was my mindset issue that I had to deal with. And then I had to learn how to say no and how to be like, my family is my first responsibility. The culture of my home changes when I'm not 100%. It affects my motherhood and my wifehood. I don't know, my marriage. There we go. (laughs) And so if I'm like, yes, available for everyone else and constantly say, because if you're saying yes to someone, you're also saying no to other people, right? So if I'm saying yes to all these people and no to my own family, then like, that's not, that's not Christian and it's not biblical or healthy, right? Because then your family is directly affected. My family comes first. Like your girl had a six week old wearing her on a summer day as she directed a golf tournament for, you know, a hundred people. And so like, probably not the best, smartest yeah. thing. Yeah. So can I ask you, how are you showing up for your family and towards your kids in that season when you, you were, you know, burned out, maybe and stressed out? How were you emotionally towards your spouse and towards your kids? May I ask you that? Yeah. Oh yeah. That season. I mean, to be fair, it was a hot mess express and all together because I was also working night shift at the hospital. It was, that feels like a million years ago, but yeah, I, I thought in order to include my family, it meant to bring them along with me. So I would preach and teach and do like ministry young life and, and have my kids with me. And in one hand, like what I took from that now is that I have a healthy approach to it. Like they know what mommy's doing. I'm coming in to record a podcast. I'm going to speak at an event. They know why. But when I'm with them, I'm with them. Then it was like, I was so tired from doing all the things that I probably wasn't my best self. I, not even my best self, but my best mothering self, right? So I was tired. I was a hundred percent burnt out. Like last year I got physically sick because I, I didn't realize it, but I was doing so much and, you know, moving across country took its toll too, where I was physically ill, where I had these health issues. And I was like, what in the world? And my doctor, I remember her even saying like, I think it's your body's way of like your adrenal fatigue, like you're too stressed. And I laughed at her because, you know, I know everything kidding. I was more like, no, I, this has been my life forever. Like I've always had tons of hats. I've always done this. And she was like, that's part of the problem is you've Mm -hmm. always functioned at this high level. And this is the the cause of it, you know, the repercussion. Yes. I'm so glad you shared that because that is the effects of burnout. There's the mental struggle, then there's the emotional struggle, and then there's the physical struggle. It's going to eventually get to that point, right? It's pulling from somewhere. You can't Uh just keep going like that for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, like it, it, all of that burnout, like without having time to recharge and connect with God and slow down and decompress your nervous system and fuel your body and meet your basic needs that God created you with, like it's going to pull from your, from your emotional well-being, which means you're agitated, frustrated with your kids, snapping, you know, your mental well-being dealing with anxiety and depression and like negative thoughts and stuff like that, because you have no time to actually process them and in the way that you should, right? And release them and surrender them to God because you're constantly going, 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 or you're starting to have physical issues. It's going to come out somehow, right? And so those are some warning signs like, okay, maybe something's going on. I would love to move on to like boundaries and saying no. And we touched on that because listen, 
when you start setting boundaries and saying no to things that you've maybe said yes to a lot of times, it's going to feel uncomfortable. There's no way around it. Like it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel like people are mad at you. You're going to want to say yes and give in. And that's why you need some sort of support system (laughs) to help you through this when you're making these changes in your life. Kind of seeing like every time I say yes to something, you said this, I'm saying no to something else. So if I'm saying yes to volunteering, I'm saying no to family time and going on a walk with my family and connecting with my husband. You know, I'm saying yes to the sports activity that my kids are traveling and all the things. I don't have time to go on date nights with my husband and heck, be intimate with my husband. And how's that going to affect your marriage, right? Like I'm saying, you know, yes to, you know, taking more work or whatever. Now I don't have time to spend time with God in the morning because I'm so exhausted, right? And so it's like all these things that are just adding up. And so just remember, like every time I'm saying yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. So what am I going to give up? And am I okay giving that up? Mm -hmm. Right? Like ask yourself that question. Am I willing to give up that family time? Just because it's a good thing that someone asked you to do doesn't mean you have to say yes to all the good things. I believe it's so important to protect your energy, to protect your mental sanity, emotional sanity. And like, Mm -hmm. if you have no time to pray and connect with God, your life is too busy. I'm just saying it's too busy. You have to delete something. And if you don't choose what it's going to be, it's going to get to a point where, like you said, your body's going to have issues and then you're forced and it's going to be at a very inconvenient time. Sam can testify to that. Yes, ma'am. Yes. You know, the saying yes to a bunch of things, I didn't realize that I had actually found my self-worth in being busy. And I felt my, I found my, even parts of my identity in Christ. Like, yes, there were parts that I've always been super strong in and who he is, but it was more so me that I had to strive and do all these things for him to love me or for him to, for me to be mature in Christ. And y'all, that is not biblical and it is not truth. So if that's you, then let's just go ahead and rebuke the lies right now. But it was because I didn't maybe spend as much time in my word. And so the enemy had open opportunity to plant seeds of doubt and plant lies into my mind that I just thought were normal thoughts. Because again, I didn't like Elizabeth has already shared. I didn't process through things. I didn't journal. I didn't have time to figure out, was this me? Was this God? Or was this a lie from the enemy? And so I just took it and kept going. (laughs) Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Don't be secret. Yeah. And I think busyness Mm -hmm. is something that the enemy really uses in our lives to keep us away from God, to keep us away from connecting and spending time with our kids, right? If we want to have a good relationship with our kids, we have to invest time and connect with them, get to know them better, spend time playing with them, spend time like, you know, going on a walk with them, laying down with them in the evenings. But if you're constantly going, 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 you're not going to be able to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Because also busyness keeps you away from connecting with your spouse and like spending time together intimately or emotionally connecting, processing, talking about things. And again, what does that do? It draws you further apart and then people get divorced. Well, that's one of the reasons people get divorced, right? Like we just fell out of love. You know, we don't really connect anymore. And so that I really believe that busyness and just constantly going, going in the mindset that the enemy uses to like, you know, 
you're not a good Christian if you don't do X, Y, Z. You know, you're not a good enough mom if your kids are not involved in X, Y, Z. You know, he uses those lies to help to get us to believe certain things. So then we do certain actions. And if we don't, we feel guilty. And, And then he shames us, makes us feel really terrible about it, right? And all of that, like from what I've learned and with the clients I've worked with, it comes back to like, you're stressed out, you're overwhelmed, you're overreacting with your family, you're screaming at your kids, you're saying things you regret later, you're damaging relationships, and then you go bed, to, go to sleep at night feeling like the worst mom in the world. And yeah. all of that stems to like, you're literally too busy and you're burned mm-hmm. out, you're overwhelmed, you have unmet needs. This is not necessarily a spiritual problem. It's like, you're just physically exhausted, overwhelmed. Like, you know, there's like also like what's going on in our brain during all of that. But that's what I've noticed with moms. They don't want to scream and yell at their kids. They don't want to feel terrible when they go to sleep at night. But it's all those little things and the mindset that contributes to them feeling that way. Yeah. Okay. So if we are, if you're a listener, chances are, like I said, this could be, we're speaking specifically to mothers, but I'm sure there's some grandmas or some like college kids that are like, oh my gosh, I feel this and I don't even have kids yet. Right. And so kids are just an incredible layer to this as well. So if you're listening, don't discount this conversation because you don't have kids, because this still applies, especially in our world where busyness is valued, right? In the world, in the hustle culture, the hustle mentality, the do better, be better, bigger, all the things that is a value of the world, but it's not a value for us as Christian women, which could be a whole nother episode (laughs) because it's not, it shouldn't be. But so you're listening to this and maybe you're like, oh my gosh, you just described my life, my marriage, my motherhood, my season. How do I get out of this? I get it. I'm with you, Elizabeth. Teach me how to get out of it, which you've already given um, some great practical tips, even in this conversation. Like Elizabeth, you're so good because you're just talking and I'm like, there's a tip. There's a tip there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's break it down um, a little bit to the five ways, like how do we get out of this rut in this, this cycle of, of burnout? Yeah. So number one is protecting your energy and saying no. So mm-hmm. look at your schedule, write down all the commitments that you have and things that you're doing and look at them. And what can you say no to? Like what is draining the life out of you? Every time you look at that commitment, you just feel dread just because it's a good thing. Maybe it's a volunteer thing at church and a women's ministry, but is it draining you or is it bringing life to you? And it excites you, right? If it's a ministry that God wants you to do, he's not going to give you something that's draining you and sucks the life out of you and your family, right? That's not what he wants for you. That's not abundant womanhood, right? And so look at those commitments and see what can I let go of? What can I release and surrender to God? Like, I need to just let go of it. Sometimes it's going to be having conversation with your family and having your kids be a little bit upset at you because you guys have to let go of certain sports activities because it's just not serving your family in the long run. It's just not. And so letting go of things, okay? So then number two is asking for help. You 
absolutely have to ask for help. You cannot do it all. Just be well, just because you can doesn't mean you should, <laughs> yes. right? Because if you can, you're gonna it's gonna lead to burnout eventually. So asking for help. So what let's say you can't, well, not you can't, let's say you decide to keep that sports activity for your kids. So how how can you ask for help? for somebody to um, come alongside you and help you with that. Like, for example, um, this weekend, my neighbor invited my kids, my boys to a birthday party, her daughter's birthday party. It was at a, you know, indoor play park. And so I dropped them off and then I came home and I put my daughter for a nap and I'm like, okay, I have to go pick them up in like 45 minutes. That means I have to wake up my daughter and it's going to be, she's going to be cranky, super inconvenient. So I'm like, okay, you know what? My husband's at work. He can't do it. I don't have any people around here. I'm just going to text her. Maybe she has room in her car. Who knows? You know, I'll, I'll just ask. So I text her and said, Hey, are you by any chance be able to bring my boys home? Like, do you have room in your car? She's like, Oh yes, I do. You know, grandma came along too in a different car and you know, we have space. I'm like, that saved me so much stress, so much overwhelm, you know, trying to wake up my daughter and like screw up the whole process. And it gave me space to, you know, get things done around the house more in peace and silence, you know? And so like asking for help and it did not inconvenience her in any way because she literally lives down the street. Like she was coming home anyways. And so who can you ask for help? That also includes your spouse. That also includes your kids. Okay. Your kids live in your house. If you're, you know, married and your kids are not little tiny ones, even with little ones, get them to help. Like my boys do laundry. My boys load and unload the dishwasher. They pack lunches. They vacuum. They mow. Like the lawn, like I get my kids working. They live in this house. They're part of this house. It's not going to just be me doing all the things. That takes a load off of me because I have to do less. And it teaches them responsibility. You know, that's a whole nother thing. How do you do it step by step? But like delegating and asking others for help. You say, hey, I feel overwhelmed. I feel stressed right now. I need your support. Would you please help me out? And if you talk to your spouse in a, when you're emotionally regulated, not when you're triggered and, and angry, it, it won't go well, I promise. But if you're emotionally <laughs> regulated and you're in a good place and say, hey, you know what? Like tomorrow I have a lot on my plate. Would you please help me out? Could you like, you know, start dinner and, you know, like do X, Y, Z. That would be so helpful. Like a loving spouse would be more than happy to help you out. Right. And so communicating with your family and loved ones and asking for help. Um, another one is creating time to recharge. And that goes along with having boundaries, saying no to things. So then you have time to recharge and asking for help. So then you have time to recharge, right? And having that regular time in your, I would say even day, like not, don't wait weeks, like definitely multiple times a week where you have time for yourself to recharge. Okay. Jesus on a regular basis went away to be by himself and to connect with God. Okay. People constantly needed him and pulled from him and wanted things from him. He literally would just remove himself from those people to be by himself to recharge and connect with God. Okay. You need to do that too. You are nobody special. You're not better than Jesus. Like, <laughs> You need that too. And so removing yourself from like the chaos of life and to connect with God on a regular basis, like that and like 
recharging yourself spiritually, emotionally, mentally, right? That could also include some journaling and processing your emotions. You know, those are really, really helpful things to like help with burnout. Um, I have a couple more. What do you think? Yeah. And these are good. Your girls over here taking notes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yes. For sure. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. And so another one is creating like not just like regular, there's the regular alone time. And then there's pockets of time throughout the day to um, calm your nervous system. Okay. So that's, I feel like that's a little bit different. So what I mean by that is when we constantly go, 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 go all day long, let's say you had your morning time, but then the rest of the day is go, 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 go without a time to just like even 10 minutes, (sighs) take a breath and to decompress you, your stress levels will go up really high. Okay. And so it is really important to have a pocket in your day. It could be five minutes even doesn't have to be long where it's just, you remove yourself from the chaos and you take some deep breaths and you just observe the birds, you do the five senses, or just be in silence without any stimulation, no music, no listening to anything. Now it's getting nice outside. Step outside, go look at the trees, listen to the birds. And like it, it's super calming to your nervous system. And practically speaking, how do I do it? Like if I'm in the car line waiting for my kids, like I just turn off all notifications. I turn off my phone. Don't listen note to the radio. I just sit in silence for those five minutes. Pull up to the house. Let's say I didn't do that. I get the kids out of the car so they, they can go inside the house and I just sit in the car for like a few minutes and just take some deep breaths. They are watching something while I'm making dinner. You know, dinner's cooking in the stove. I will step outside for a couple minutes and just like take some deep breaths and just say a short prayer and just be in silence. Ask my husband to step in to be with the kids because I need a moment to myself. So having a pocket in your day, I'd say it's about midday, right before the evening or something like that, five, 10, 15 minutes to just be in silence and peace without like the chaos and the overwhelm. And again, it goes back to having the space to do that because if you're constantly saying yes to things, you're not going to have the space to do that. And you can calm your nervous system. So if like you wake up and 10 is like your max where you lose your cool or you freak out and then you wake up, you're about an eight. Your stress level is at its highest. You have some alone time. You connect with God, you pray, you read, you go down to about a two. And then things happen to the during the day. Things get a little bit chaotic and crazy and things are going, going, going. You get to a seven, you're starting to get to an eight. You start feeling kind of agitated, frustrated. That's your sign that your body's telling you you're getting overwhelmed. You're getting overstimulated. Take a little break. Remove yourself from the chaos. Take a five-minute break. Take some deep breaths. Wash your face with cold water decompress a little bit and then re-enter and your stress level will be lower when you re-enter like the situation of like life with kids and family or just even like I guess like even if you're a college student like I think you don't notice it as much when you're you know in your 20s but I think when you get in your 30s you start noticing how it's affecting you in the way that you're showing up as an individual you know And then the last one that I would say is having 
again, it comes back to having that space in your schedule, having time to connect with others and like community, having friendships or spending time with your spouse, you know, spending time with your kids. Again, having those life-giving relationships where when you do spend time with those individuals, like it uplifts you and encourages you and just like builds you up. And I think that is like the last one that is going to help you so much with burnout. It's like a healthy way of like, God created community, right? He wants us to be in community. He tells us to be in community and where you can even maybe share some struggles and release it in a healthy, emotional way and have those individuals, like if it's a women's group at church, pray over you, encourage you, uplift you. And that is also a really healthy way to release that burnout, overwhelm, and stress out of your mind and body. Yeah, and friends that are going to fill your cup, right? Not drain you. Yes. Not drain you, not have a gossip fest, but like fill your cup, pray for you and remind you that you're not alone. Like so many of us go through this and so many of us go through this alone because we don't realize that we could pour our heart out or tell people what's going on or or have a mentor or a coach to help us walk through this. And so we deal with it alone. And then we realize, hopefully at some point we realize that we don't have to do it alone. Like, yes, God made community. And chances are, if you're going through something, there is somebody in your circle or that you may know that is also walking through it. Like I have friends that are even in different seasons of me. And so their kids are maybe older and mine are younger. Or if I have friends whose kids are brand new and younger, and I can be like, Hey, I get I've been there, you know, like I can also speak life into them, but the the moms who have older kids, they remember probably pretty well <laughs> the seasons that we're going through and what we're dealing with. And so, yeah, having community is so important too. I love that you added that one. Yeah. And I, I personally like to have community with, um, sometimes it's women my age, but I also, the ones that are more life giving to me personally are the women that are older than me because they can speak some wisdom into my life. And I, Mm -hmm. they're usually more spiritually mature. They're more, you know, like they've been through similar things I've been through, they can give me some guidance and mentorship and uh, pray over me. So for me, I, I love to have women in my life who are older than me, who can mentor me and pray over me. And it's also fun to have like women my age. I noticed that I, maybe because I'm an empath and I oftentimes get drawn towards women who have struggles. Maybe that's because I'm a coach too, you know? And so oftentimes it's like, I'm helping them. I'm uplifting them. I'm encouraging them. And then that drains life out of me, right? Like in a, yeah. like in a good way, like I like to support them and encourage them, but then I feel drained in a way. So for me, having older women who I can share something with and they can pray over me, for me, that works really, really well. Yeah. And they feel you back up to you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Elizabeth, this has been incredible. First we'll do parting words. So you've given us so much value and so much encouragement, but can you encourage the woman listen who is in this and she's going to apply one or all of the steps and get started on her journey? How can you encourage her right now? Yeah. One of my favorite phrases that I've said multiple times, and I'm going to say it to your 
listeners, is nobody benefits when you're running an empty and nobody suffers when you take care of yourself. Mm. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. I'm so good. <laughs> yes. Yes and yes. amen. I heard it somewhere and I'm like, um, I don't even remember where I heard it. So credit to the person I heard it from. I don't know who it was, but I just love that phrase because I think it really like really hit home for me when I heard it. Yeah. yeah and it's like a handwritten permission slip too. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, where can our friends find you, connect with you, get in your space because they all need more of you? Yes. So I do have a podcast called Emotionally Healthy Legacy, and you can find it in any podcast platforms. And then I have a free resource for your listeners, and it is five steps to calm down when you're feeling triggered and feeling kind of agitated and angry. And it is at emotionallyhealthylegacy.com slash abundant womanhood. And I'll give you the link for that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time and your wisdom and just loving on us. I know that I took away, I literally took notes. (laughs) And so I super appreciate you. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate it. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.